Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. My heart today is to help somebody to rise to walk in newness of life and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Max Lucado tells a story about some pranksters who broke into a department store in the middle of the night. They were not there to steal, but rather they were there to just have some fun. Their fun was had in that they went through the store and they began to swap the price tags of different items. And so they would exchange one price tag for the price tag of another. A handbag costing $40 was traded for a dress costing $60. They went through the store and they switched price tags randomly. And almost everything in the store had been repriced. But the more amazing thing happened the next morning. Store opened as usual. Employees went to work. Customers began to shop. The place functioned as normal for four hours before anyone noticed what had happened. Four hours. Some people got some great bargains, (laughs) others did not. Four solid hours, no one noticed that the values had been swapped. We live in a very confused world, and people do not always know the true value of things. And I say more specifically, nor the value of each other. Simply want to tell some of you today for maybe the first time, Or remind others who maybe have heard it, but you have forgotten it, that you were created for a purpose. You were created for a purpose. You were created to live a fulfilled life. You were born into a time period of God's purpose. Not sure what value you place on your own life, but I submit today that you were created for more. Regardless of how you arrived into this world or what the circumstances were for you being here, you have potential for great purpose in this life. Thought I might get a few more amens than that, but let me try it again. If you feel like God's got purpose on your life, would you say amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 said, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are God's workmanship. It literally literally means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece created for the master's purpose. 
We understand that we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We are fashioned to do good things for God, things that God has planned to do through us for a long time. Right from the beginning, your existence here on earth is because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. David would write in Psalms 139, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's wombs. I, womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written and the days fashioned for me as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If you've never heard this said before, let me say it again. You have a purpose under God. You are not an accident. You're not a mistake in life. But God, if he has allowed you to be in this world, wants to speak a divine purpose over your life. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I would like to propose today that in order to live out your purpose, a purpose that you and I are destined to live out, that there are some things that have to happen in order for that purpose to be realized. And it's not what you know, they say, but who you know. not what you know, they say, but it's who you know. I ran into this guy the other day here in Cincinnati. (laughs) You don't know, he happens to be the vice president of the United States. But that connection is really little more than a photo op. I mean, I would like to say that, you know, he called me and asked me to meet him here in Cincinnati, but it didn't quite go down like that. Pretty much stalked him. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We got to talk a little bit, shared. uh, We have a common acquaintance, but... Other than that, it was a a photo op. That's all it was. It wasn't a, a real connection. But in order to live out your purpose in life, I submit today that you have to be connected. And there are three genuine connections that I want to suggest to you today that have to be in place in order for you to live out your purpose that you were created to live out. The first is you have to be connected to God. Ephesians 2, we read it, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we 
become his masterpiece only when we are created in Christ Jesus. We become what he intended us to become when we are in Christ. It was in John chapter 3 that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God and no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so I propose what most of you understand, but some of you maybe haven't fully decided, that if you're going to be what God wants you to be, if you're going to find fulfillment in his purpose, you have to be connected to God. And the way that you're connected to God is to be in Christ, to be born again of water and spirit. Joe Wilson mentioned this passage before he sang, and this is really an important passage for us. The story of the Bible is summed up in one word, Jesus. The story of the Bible is summed up in Jesus. In John chapter 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Watch this now. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you are not connected. You're not going to be connected to God. We are only connected to God through Jesus Christ through what he did on the cross. And so when you and I come to God, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if I'm going to find a connection to God, I'm going to have to humble myself and surrender myself to him. The Bible calls it repentance. It's an act of humility where I say I'm no longer in charge of my own life, but I'm going to surrender to the power of God. Peter would say it like this, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. It's interesting that he says, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves because you have a choice in the matter. You can decide whether or not Jesus Christ is Lord of your life or not. But we're called to humble ourselves to him. And in doing so, we will find our purpose in life. James would say it like this. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God 
and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and then he will lift you up. He will make something out of your life. He will make a masterpiece out of your life. I was recently with Pastor Daryl Johns in Atlanta, Georgia, thank you, Pastor Daryl Johns in Atlanta, Georgia, and he said this, and it stuck with me. He said, sometimes people don't repent, they reinvent. They don't repent, they don't seek to change their ways. They just reinvent themselves. They never really allow their hearts to change. It was Esau who sought repentance, though he couldn't find it, though he sought it with tears. There was no real decision to change his ways. People don't change their ways. They just try to change locations and change jobs or change relationships. But I'm telling you today, I'm not preaching against you. I'm preaching for you. I'm telling you, if you will repent of your sins, you will find life and life more abundantly. We're called to repent. We're called to turn from our life and turn towards God. And when we repent of our sins and we acknowledge that he is the only saving name, it's just an automatic thing that we go down in the waters of baptism and take on his name and allow his blood to cover us and wash our sins away. And it's when we experience and we repent of our sins that we say, God, I want everything that you have for me, which includes the gift of the Holy Holy Spirit. I want to receive your spirit in my life because I know you've got a better way for me. I know you've got a better path for me. I know I was created with purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were created with purpose, but you've got to have three connections in order to fulfill that purpose. The first is a connection to God. The next one, you don't have to amen, but it's in the Bible, and I have to say it. The second connection you need in order to live out the purpose that you were created for is you need a connection to spiritual leadership. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 says, He who descended is also the one who descended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some... To be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints. He gave spiritual leadership in the church to equip the body of Christ for a collective work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not just done by the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The work of the ministry is the role of all saints. Amen. And so he gave spiritual leadership for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, 
Christ from whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Scripture tells us in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us that spiritual leaders watch out for us. It says, obey or trust your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I understand today, I've been around church long enough to understand the stories of many, the horror stories of spiritual leadership. Maybe you've tried and the pastor didn't quite measure up or some spiritual leader didn't quite measure up. Maybe they hurt you. There is so much spiritual abuse that has taken place over the years. It's truly a trail of tears. But God's purpose for your life will only be realized. The full measure of the purpose of God in your life will only be measured when you are under spiritual leadership. While this church started as a result of failed leadership, this church has been blessed by a legacy of 50 years of incredible pastors. And I give honor to Bishop Tasley I and second. Let me say something that may shock some of you and maybe concern our board of directors. But if you can't commit to this church because I'm the leader, please find a church where you can be under spiritual authority. I would rather you have a better chance of being saved than to spend your life being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You're not always going to agree with leadership, spiritual leadership. But really isn't that the point of submission? We don't submit when we all agree. We submit when it doesn't quite fit what we like. And I'm, again, I'm very careful and this is, uh, could seem very self-serving today, but I, I, under God, I'm not preaching this for any self-serving reasons other than I want to see God's purpose realized in your life because the responsibility on our spiritual leadership is that we lead and not lord first peter chapter 5 peter said the elders who are among you i exhort i who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed he says shepherd the flock of god which is among you serving as overseers not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Real spiritual leadership is not by lording and commanding and telling. It's by leading where you say, you know what? 
I, I, I see something that I want to achieve. I see something that I want to be in the people that are leading. I pray that our pastoral team are people that you can trust and people that you can say, you know what? I respect them. I might not agree with everything they do or everything they say to me, but I want to go where God's calling us to go. Amen. We're never called as saints to be our own spiritual authority. There was always spiritual authority we are under. And it was a a very difficult thing for me spiritually as it was for everyone, but in a unique way for me to lose Bishop Pasley the first because I always knew that I had a covering in this church. I always felt that sense of covering and that spiritual authority over my life. So I had to recalibrate what spiritual authority was. And I, I want to tell you that I'm not a spiritual authority to myself. I, I don't represent just my own spiritual authority. Today, this church is protected by an external board that oversees this church. Three pastors across this country that I have to answer to in our spiritual authorities for this church. I also have a spiritual covering, personal spiritual covering, who is my father. He's my pastor in my life. And I want you to know there is no one, no one who is going to accomplish the purpose and plan of God without spiritual leadership. Amen. And finally, finally, to fulfill your purpose, you need spiritual relationships. We are one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And it goes on. I'm not going to read it for sake of time. But 1 Corinthians 12 gives us this indication we're a part of one body. He goes on in verse number 25. He says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. You won't be able to survive spiritually the onslaught of society's darkness without spiritual people in your life. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Likewise, you young people, submit yourself to your elders. And all the elders just said, Amen. That's just great. I don't know when you become an elder, but I look forward to it. And then he says, yes, all of you be submissive, not to just your spiritual authority, but to one another. Now that verse I do not like. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace. Grace. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is to achieve God's purpose in your life. It's an empowerment of God's Spirit. He gives you grace to be something amazing. 
Grace. He gives grace to the humble. Humble to God? Yes. Humble to spiritual authority? Yes. Humble to one another? Yes. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Even in a perfect, sinless environment, Eden, God said, it is not good for men, man to be alone. We were created for community and formed for family. And not one of us can fulfill God's purpose by ourselves. Not one of us represent the church by ourselves. We say this in Membership 101, the Bible knows nothing. Hear me today. The Bible knows nothing of solitary saints or spiritual hermits isolated from other believers and deprived of relationship. The Bible says this, we are put together. We are joined together. We are built together. We are members together. We are heirs together. We are fitted together. We are held together and we will be caught up together. Nowhere does the Bible says you're the church by yourself. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity for people to watch on Facebook, people who can't make it to the house of God. But if you have the opportunity to connect with a local body, let me preach to Facebook for just a minute. If you have an opportunity to be a part of a local body, you need to be a part of a local expression of the body of Christ. And there are times when you have to connect with the body via video. But there's nothing like when you come together and when you pray for one another and you uh, uh, encourage one another. We were made for relationships. And while your relationship to Christ is personal, God never intended it for it to be private. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer And I believe that we are called to belong to a local expression of the body of Christ. You're going to hear us start saying this little phrase, you need to belong locally. Tell somebody next to you, you need to belong locally. Next week, we have a great opportunity for you to belong locally. If you have never been a part of a life group, whether you consider this your church or not, I encourage you to sign up for a life group. Why? Because you need to belong locally. This needs to be the body of believers that you connect to, that you encourage, and that you, as the Bible says, suffer with and rejoice with. So today I hope that I've helped you move in a direction to see God's ultimate purpose fulfilled in your life. My heart today was to help someone to rise to walk in newness of life and fulfill God's purpose. You need spiritual leadership in your life. Again, I'm not trying to sound self-serving, but you need spiritual leaders. Pastors, we are blessed with a great pastoral team here at the Calvary Church. You need people who are going to equip you for ministry. You need spiritual relationships in your life. You need the church. 
You need to be a member of a church, a local expression. Whether it's this church or not, you need to belong to a church. You need to belong locally. And you need God in your life. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ that begins with an act of repentance. A decision that says, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I've tried my own way, tried living my own way for a long time, but I surrender to you today. If you haven't been baptized, we've got a few that I think are going to be baptized today. If you have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, which means the forgiveness of your sins, then you need to do that today. If you have not experienced the infilling of his spirit, Today, you can experience that in your life. I see these three elements of connection like a three-legged stool. If missing any one leg, the stool won't really fulfill its purpose. If you only have a connection to God, if you only have a connection to God and a connection to spiritual leadership, but not a connection to spiritual relationships in the church, you're not going to be effective. The Bible says we edify one another because we're connected to one another. If you're connected to spiritual leadership and you're connected to spiritual relationships, but you're not connected to God, you're going to be misled. If you're connected to spiritual relationships and you're connected to God, but you don't have a connection to spiritual leadership, you will be divisive. We need all three. And today I want you to stand with me. Because I believe God wants His purpose to be fulfilled. This morning I can't, I can't answer really the question of Are you submitted to spiritual leadership? You have to answer that question. I hope that you hear my heart today and that you make a decision. If maybe you were on the bubble about joining a life group, I pray that you'll make a decision. You know what? I'm going to join a life group because this is my church and I want to be connected to it. But this morning, the thing that I'm going to pray for And we're going to invite you. How is your connection to God? What's your relationship with God like? Are you completely surrendered to God? Have you really repented of your sins? Have you repented of your sins or have you just tried to reinvent yourself? To take kind of the pressure off your life. And there's not a time in our life, whether you've had the Holy Ghost for many years or you never experienced that incredible experience, there's never a time where repentance is not in order. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then what does he say? I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their lands. Today I invite you to repent. Not just to boohoo and cry about something you've done, something you've caught, got caught in, or something that's happening in your life that you don't like. And if that's the case, that's okay to pour out your emotions to the Lord. But today I'm wondering if all of us in this room would just repent afresh. To say, God, I, I make you Lord of my life this morning. I can do that in this room. I can make a decision this morning that I surrender all. I surrender every aspect of my life to you today, Lord. And when we do, I believe a fresh presence of the Lord is going to invade our place. And I believe that he's going to call us afresh to his purpose and his plan in our life because we were created for his purpose. Jesus' name, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning. I pray, oh God, that you would let us sense your incredible love for us, your incredible kindness, that even when we drift from you, even when we have rejected you and we haven't completely surrendered, yet you're waiting. You said if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. God, you've called us to humble ourselves. You're not going to humble us. You're going to call us to surrender our hearts to you as a willful decision to say, God, you are the Lord of my life, and I want a relationship with you. I want to be connected to you. In the name of Jesus, I wonder if somebody would step out of your pew just as an act of surrender and say, God, I surrender all to you. I submit my life to you afresh today. Maybe you want to just have a moment with God to connect with him Begin to worship him. Begin to acknowledge him today. The Lord's going to do something amazing in this place. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit today, you can receive his spirit. I want you to come with faith. I want you to come with faith, believing that he has his spirit for you today. It's a gift. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.